You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. Yeah, and this draft was universally wasn't a great draft. Nobody really thought it was a super great draft. I think Chris Ballard said he hit 17 first-round grades. So the Niners may just be in that position, like Brian, you said, we're not going to take a tackle that we think is like our eighth stringer yeah. just to take a tackle when, when we think we could, we could have our kicker for the next 10 years. So it makes sense in, in terms of that. And, and look, again, if he's a kicker for the next decade, I don't give a shit if they took him in the third round or the fourth round or the fifth round. I, I really don't. So... If it works out, it works out. We'll see. But the Latu pick, I did not like. And I feel like people were still so open arms with the kicker. It just kind of went through. And then it was the, the draft was over that night. And it was like, whatever. He was a security blanket. And actually, uh, 80% of his catches went for a first down or for a touchdown at Alabama. That's great. But he's new to the position. His PFF grades, not that that's the end all be all, just as you're doing research on him. Receiving grades were terrible, 69.5. His run blocking was 50. He averaged 1.03 yards per route, again, which is really, really pretty bad. Like, his blocking needs work. He had a drop rate of 8.8%. Maybe the Niners just see something in him that, hey, we can coach this kid up, and in a year or two he can be really good. It was just a weird pick for me. Nothing about him screamed Niners to me. It was very strange. Um, And, again, I'll – they obviously want to move on from Dwelly and Warner. That's that's the way that they approach this draft, bringing in Braden Willis, who I actually probably like more than Latu, to be honest with you. Yeah. Willis is pretty versatile. He lined up at fullback. Um, mm-hmm. he, he's a good character guy from where I read about him. He you know he's, he could be a good blocking guy, good special teams guy. I actually like him more than Latu, but they clearly want to move on from Warner and Dwelly, and they drafted two guys to do that. But I, I just thought that pick was – I was like, wait, what? And everybody was still bitching about the kicker. And I was like, well, why did why they just take this guy? So, again, we don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? He could end up being great. He could end up being George Kittle's replacement in three years or whatever. But for right now, I'm just – it's one of those things where I'm kind of like, I don't see it. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, and and part of the problem was the, this draft set a record for number of tight ends drafted within the first three rounds. Cameron Latu set the record. Um, but – you know, Mayer was gone. Kincaid was gone. Musgrave was gone. Washington was gone. Kraft was gone. Laporta was gone. Schoonmaker was gone. Brenton Strange was gone. Was gone. I believe Davis Allen was gone as well. And so, you know, you look at like, you know, you and I talked about Dane Brugler's draft guide and, mm-hmm. and who was the 12th ranked tight end, but two of the guys ranked above him were still available. And, and, and those are two guys that I actually wish they would have gone with just because they're just better athletes at the position uh, that you can that you can bet on. 
Now, all three mm-hmm. of them, Atu, and then we're above him for Brugler were Josh Wiley, uh, and I talked about I talked about him in our mock draft, and then Zach Kuntz. And Zach Kuntz is the the six seven two fifty five uh, tight end from uh, Old Dominion uh, that ran a four five forty. Like again, raw at the position, but so is Latu. You know, and and I would rather bet on athleticism than anything else, right? If if you're going to get a raw prospect, bet on athleticism, like Robert Beal, right? If you're betting on the athleticism, mm-hmm. is the pass rush there? Not really. He doesn't have pass rush moves. Those are things that he can learn, right? But you're betting on the athleticism. I don't know what they're betting on with Latu. That's the thing that I don't know. Yeah, similar to D. Winters as well, right? They're betting on athleticism, like just sideline yeah. to sideline speed, and really, like you don't you don't have you have McQuarrie Ball, and and you know you've got a couple other guys that are vying for that position to to replace Aziz, and there's really no clear cut starter there. It's a bunch of like special team guys, basically. So I think that you know D. Winters is one of those guys that will is athletic that the, that you will probably see at some point start. Like I think he makes the team, and I think he starts. So um, you know. When you look at what they did with Latu, he was the only time. I will say this. So so to walk everybody back a little bit, Cameron Latu was the only tight end that was invited to George Kittle's tight end university. He was the only rookie tight end or dra- like go. tight end that was in draft class. So <clears throat> I think that this was very largely like a like a, a a lobbying by George Kittle pick more than anything, because he saw it, he saw what he liked out of him and he he probably went to management. I was like, hey, I worked with this guy personally you know, saw how he was, he has a lot of potential, whatever it may be. And he probably lobbied for them to select him. And when you're one of your offensive MVPs comes to you with that sort of, I'm assuming feedback, they're going to listen. And when they have those picks to kind of use on, on players like that project players, if you will, whatever they, they took that chance. So I'm okay. I'm okay with that. So I'm, people may call me crazy because I criticize a kicker pick, but I'm okay with like the project tight end pick that went shortly after that. But but I will say that you know like these are the types of picks that that brought like George Kittle here, right? Where where he was you know kind of a project tight end, didn't really catch much, and they didn't know what he could do. But but I will say that he was an elite blocker, right? Like that that ability was all that that was yeah that there. was there. So so interesting stuff. But yeah yeah yeah. So we talked. I think we all like the looter pick. I thought that was a good pick yeah. for the fifth round. He's twenty two passes defended in twenty three games. He's long. He's athletic. We talked about deal. We talked about winner. Talked about Willis. The pick that I'm interested in, not interested, I guess I was surprised again that they didn't take a wide receiver sooner. There's all this talk about them looking at wide receivers, and I thought they were going to – I thought even maybe in the third round I I thought they would take a wide receiver. And there is – there are question marks after the season. Does Juwan Jennings stay around? Ray Ray McLeod will probably be gone. The Ayuk and Debo thing, I know they want to keep both of them, but who knows. So I thought maybe they would make someone a priority. Maybe they like Danny Gray. We'll see. It's tough to judge rookie wide receivers. You know how Kyle Shanahan is with rookies sometimes anyway. So we can see this year what they really think of Craig. But they wait until pick 253 to take Ronnie Bell from Michigan. And he was a four-year starter there. 62 catches, 889 yards last year. So that's a really productive year for college. He's a well-rounded dude. He's a good blocker. Um, He did struggle with contested catches. But, you know, look, this is an offense that will kind of scheme you open. I uh, surprised again that the Niners just didn't make this more of a priority. There was just so many things in this draft that I was surprised they didn't make priorities. And receiver was one of them. So they take a couple tight ends. It, it seemed like the 
line, they took a couple linebackers. It was just kind of odd for me in ways. And the receiver position was one of them. I thought they would maybe try to address that sooner or bring someone in, but they don't do that until Ronnie Bell at the end, who I think might end up, maybe he could be a surprise. He's one of those guys who I think maybe could be a surprise for you, but um, we'll, we'll see. Again, this district draft is so tough to judge for me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ronnie Bell, you know, I I tweeted this out um, yesterday that if you really analyze the the 49ers draft, the, the theme that you see is that they really drafted a lot of guys that look like direct replacements for for guys that will be gone in either the 24 or 25 season. Right. Um, again, you know, you look at uh, you look at Latu. Right. And Willis. Then you're looking at Werner and and Dwelly and, and maybe even possibly George Kittle in a bit. But uh you know again direct replacements you look at d winters and it's an aziz replacement but i also mm-hmm. think d winters game is very very similar to drake greenlaw an undersized really fast dude who used to play safety right same with drake greenlaw fred warner right they have a type and uh you know d winners i almost think they're almost identical in body size to drake greenlaw and d winters when they came out um but again an aziz replacement to groom because I would imagine that that Dre Greenlaw is probably going to price himself out of San Francisco just based on his play last season and the next right. I got a two-year extension. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Bell is a possession receiver again, very similar to Juwan Jennings, not in size and not in not in blocking ability, but just in that that kind of possession receiver, you know, chain mover type type deal. And then you know you look at Robert Beal. Robert Beal is the Samson Ebukam replacement, right? So. You know, and Daryl Luter Jr. can just uh, again at could be an Ambry Thomas replacement. Ambry Thomas. Yeah. We don't know yeah. if what they what they think of him, right? And then Jair Brown is the Tayshawn Gibson replacement. Uh, could be this season, more than likely next season. So, you know, it, it there's just that that emerges there, and I think that's I think that's what smart teams do, right? They draft a year or two away, and you may mm-hmm. you may strike gold and get a guy that that contributes right away but for the most part you've got an entrenched starter at every position on this team except kicker right and that was why again that pick mm-hmm. didn't bother so you know can some of these guys come in and compete and and maybe take over a spot maybe right we're talking about d winters and and whether he can win that role to replace aziz you know again beal coming in on that nascar package uh mm-hmm. but luckily you know um I just think that that this team is in a win now mode and they're not necessarily looking for guys that can come in and, and, and win a spot right now. They're looking they're eyeing a year down the road. And that's where I think Ronnie Bell comes in. And, and you, uh, Al, I think it was I, I thought they would go wide receiver maybe a little bit earlier. But again, we don't know who who they had their eyes on, whether they were still there or not. And you know, the draft is always a crapshoot. So uh, I, there's really nothing that, that I look at and go, man, that was awful. Right. I'd also don't look at it and go, man, that's outside of Bayer Brown. 
you know, I think that's that by far and away their best pick. And I think they think that as well. And, you know, Steve Wilkes said, that's my dude. Steve Wilkes, you you mentioned it earlier, Zane, how good he is, how good Brown is at blitzing. Zane, Zane, Steve Wilkes loves to blitz his safeties. So I think that's a, a lot of what he saw as well. So again, yeah. just drafting dudes fit the system that we run, and and again, I think mm-hmm. that's what smart teams do. Is that is is that player going to fit on every team? No, but we don't have to worry about every other. We got to worry about our team, and uh, yeah. and feels like, and and I think Lynch and Shanahan said this in one of their pressers was the most what they call it the most collaborative draft that they've had since becoming, mm-hmm. and so. You know, and 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 it makes sense with when you look at the players and what they fit. Yeah, I think the, for me, when the 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 way to judge how successful a draft was, is I always like to look at this like, did you come away with three to four starter slash role players from your respective draft? And I think they did. And we li- we list off a couple of them. Obviously, you look at you look at you know, they got their starting kicker now, right? You've got Jair Brown, who's probably going to start next year but he will be an impact player this year you've got beal jr will be an impact player this year you've got looter who will be hopefully an impact player you've got so you've you've got some guys that if they're not impact players this year then one to two years down the road they they hopefully will be right because they didn't need starters in this draft they didn't they needed depth because most of their starting lineup is is fixed did they do that i feel like to some extent they did right like now obviously i would have loved for them to draft a tackle or more depth on the offensive line and and draft a little bit more depth on the edge. But look, the, it was it was an interesting draft to say the least. Now, a quick note about Ronnie Bell. So he was he was actually pretty well known for his blocking at Michigan. I, I wouldn't say that he's as ferocious of a blocker as Juwan Jennings is. Juwan Jennings is a dog, right? Like he's Absolutely. he is arguably one of the best blocking receivers in the league. Like he is that good at blocking. And I don't know if you're going to replace that, but Ronnie Bell, like Jim Harbaugh would specifically call him out as, as one of the better blockers in his receiving mm-hmm. group. Right. And, and I, I did a quick Google search after, after Ronnie Bell was drafted. And I was like that for that specific reason. And if you Google Ronnie Bell blocking, there'll be several articles that pop up about his blocking ability, because I know that that's what Kyle wants. That's why Dante Pettis yeah. is no longer here. Right. That's why I'm, uh, Brandon Ayuk was in the doghouse and Ayuk is a dog blocking too now. That's what Kyle requires out of his receivers is he wants them to block down the field because they can set up passing short, quick passes and screen things and screen passes and things like that. Like, and, and he used that blocking, he uses their blocking ability to that, to their advantage. So I think that's where that fit is Ronnie Bell. But overall, I don't think it was a great draft. I don't think it was a terrible draft. The pundits will say it was not great because they, the Niners basically drafted for depth more than anything. And they had specific players in mind, but I think that when you look at this, you can't judge a draft class until it's three to four years down the line anyways, right? So right now, you may not see a lot of household names, but look, this team, it's produced guys like Talano Ofunga, Aziz Alshari, Dre, Green, Dre Greenlaw, Aaron Banks, guys that, that have been George DJ Kittle. Jones, George Kittle, guys who have been drafted in the mid to late rounds that have become either stars or serviceable NFL starters. So I expect to see a lot more of that out of this class too. And you'll see a lot of unexpected guys just pop up and be like, oh yeah, that guy's actually really awesome because that is the theme of the John Lynch slash Kyle Shanahan 49ers. Better be. I mean, Banks was a second rounder, so he's somebody that, that you, you did expect to hopefully make an impact. But my thing, I keep talking about it, there's a two-year window here, and eventually they have to replace the guys that they're losing. Trent Balky couldn't do it. 
I think this team can, but do I look at this draft and I'm like, yeah, yeah, we got our next Dre Greenlaw. We got our next uh, Evil Com. We got, I, I don't. So at some point we'll talk about it more this off season, but um, I don't know there's things that were not for this year and maybe not for the year after, but there's things that, that I think need to get addressed by them. And do I think they're, they're as good as the Eagles? I don't right now. So um, they're a playoff team, but we'll get more into it. But I think, I think they're, there's some issues that, that we'll talk about moving forward that, that definitely concern me. On paper, are they as good no. as the Eagles? No, but no. so don't know. Because a lot of what the Eagles lost, they replaced with rookies. So that doesn't always work out either. And, and Dallas kind of whooped them up front for about three quarters. Yep. That that worries me a little bit because are you better on the offensive line? I don't know. So it just, it is what it was. That could have came, they, Dallas lost that game because Dak Prescott sucked, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for three and a half quarters, for two and a half quarters or whatever it was, three quarters, Dallas really kind of dominated the line of scrimmage there. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not saying the Niners won't be back in the playoffs. They will. It would be a disaster if they certainly. were. But, certainly. But are they the best team in the NFC right now? I, They're up there. They're up there. But. Well, there you have Agreed. it. Agreed. There yeah. you have it. Debbie Downer strikes again. Debbie, <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, let's get out of here. It's Brian Rennick. Please light that beam and send us off. <laughs> hey, Moody Hive is buzzing, baby. Moody Hive is buzzing. <laughs> for Odyssey's 49ers Web Zone, No Huddle Podcast. For Al Sacco, for Zane Nakvi, I'm Brian Rennick. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Kickers are people Later. too.